Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. And welcome there to the Brian Nichols Show. I am your humble host, Brian Nichols. Today, we're doing things a little different. We're recording live from Young Americans for Liberty Revolution 2022. Today, I am joined by U.S. Senate candidate for the great state of New Hampshire, the free state, live free or die, Bruce Fenton. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Looking forward to this conversation. And thank you for uh, obviously uh, putting your name out there, running for office. One of 11 Republicans running for office in New Hampshire. You got to talk to me, Bruce. What got you saying, you know what, I'm going to put my name out there. And you're coming from the Bitcoin community to put your name out there running for political office. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't believe I did it myself. But I (laughs) just looked at the way the world is right now. And I think we're in an important time in in the way the world is. And and we're either going to go down a path of tyranny or down a path of freedom. And I figured I have to be there. I have to be there. There's going to be a lot of important things happening over the next six years. And I didn't want some kind of socialist tyrant in that office for another six years. So when you, you're sitting out, you know, you're on the sidelines and we've seen over the past two years, especially things have gotten really rough. And I've seen this myself where some folks who traditionally didn't enter into the political conversation, they, there was like one thing that really triggered it for a lot of them. It was COVID. Was there anything that kind of like was the, 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 I guess the, the launching off point for you, that moment that was like, yeah, you know what? I have to take a step and get politically involved. Yeah. The, the, and I always make a point to make sure it's, it's not COVID. It's the reaction to COVID. COVID didn't cost a single job. COVID didn't lock down a single business. COVID didn't cause a single problem. It was the reaction to COVID. The, the, the politician's reaction was the problem. And that, that was one of the biggest things I've always been big on freedom and against tyranny and against government control, against centralized powers, and to see what they did. I never believed in my country that we would have a scientist have the ability to tell you you can't work or tell somebody they have to stay home from their gym or somebody needs a, needs an injection in their arm. These things are totally foreign in a free and moral society and, to- and should be totally foreign in America. So I couldn't believe that that happened. So that was kind of like... I'm a leave me aloneist. I'm a person who just wants to be left alone. But enough is enough, and they've pushed us too far. And now we need to send a message back and write this uh, this mess that they've made. Absolutely. And one of the things I think is, it's inspiring is that we're seeing. I won't call you an average person because you're not average by any stretch of the imagination. And and I think we're seeing though more and more people like you, that entrepreneurial spirit, folks who they've pretty much gone along with what's been going on for a while. But now again, there's that moment you're like, you know what? It's time to get into the fray. And I've seen you know people here, moms who have been arrested for you know defending their kids in school uh, over the past few years. You've seen uh, parents, uh, school boards who've gotten the the federal government going after them. So to even stand against the narrative it's not popular and yet you're taking the stand obviously i mentioned it earlier you're coming from the background in the bitcoin community so let's kind of rewind a little bit and go back to there what what was your experience in in the bitcoin community as you're you're kind of building up your experience and then obviously bringing that to running for u.s senate in new hampshire yeah, there's a lot of overlap. I originally found out about Bitcoin from the Free Staters, the Free Staters in New Hampshire. Um, the Eric Voorhees, Roger Veer, and Charlie Schrem, way back in 2013, 2012, they were, they spoke at Porkfest about, about Bitcoin and talked about how it was an alternative to the broken fiat system. So there's always been in our earliest roots in, you know, 2012 and, you know, those early eras when I got into Bitcoin, it was, it was almost all uh, libertarians and ANCAPs. It was, it was people who understand money. They understand fiat. A lot of Ron Paul fans. And then little by little, it became, 
you know, a bigger and bigger community. So there was more and more people that that uh, that that got involved with it. But that those liberty roots, those roots of voluntary interaction and peace, I think are re- really a core and important part of the Bitcoin community and uh, and what Bitcoin is all about. This is a this is a a way to have a better form of money. It's a it's a form of money that you don't need that tyranny and central control that we have with the broken fiat system. This is a voluntary type of money that the mm. people can decide what has value, which is actually the way it's been for thousands of years. You know, there was no Fed uh, a thousand years ago telling anybody that, that gold was worth something. The people figured out that gold was worth something and it was borderless, just like Bitcoin. Yep. Well, it, it, the audience here at the program, they just heard this conversation we had with Tho Bishop back uh, last week where we were talking about what has government done to our money? And we talked about the history of government involvement in the, the, the monetary policy and how that has just over the past 200 years led to the exact problems that was identified back when we founded this country and why there was such a pushback originally for central banking and, and why Thomas Jefferson was so against the idea of a central bank. It's why on his deathbed, Andrew Jackson said one of the main uh, pr- uh, proud moments of his presidency was the fact that he was able to end the central bank once again. I think it was the third iteration at that point in time. So we see that this has been something that has been warned about and yet you look back with Woodrow Wilson really starting off with the Federal Reserve and then really 1971 was the culmination of that with getting officially away from the gold standard entirely with Nixon that now all of a sudden our money is essentially dead and Bitcoin is serving as a real alternative and a lot of people are starting to say okay and people again back to people who were on the sidelines not paying attention your average person can tell their money's not worth what it used to be so now Bitcoin is a real alternative so help us here at the Brian Nichols show because we talk about sales and marketing help us make the sales pitch to your average person about Bitcoin help it make sense so I can maybe get my grandma on board with the idea of looking at a Bitcoin versus using US dollars for the grocery she pays at the grocery store the first thing I recommend to anybody in looking at Bitcoin is to understand money first. So I I ask people, what is money? And that's a simple question. We would think that's a simple question. But if I say, what is money and what makes good money good? And what are the properties that makes one form of money better than another? Why are the, uh, you know, the notes from the Weimar Republic, why did those become worthless? Why does people, a lot of people in finance like me, I don't have it with me, but I carry around a, a trillion dollar Zimbabwe bill. It's a, it's, it's a lot, lot, lot. Of, I, bet, I bet that there's a hundred people at this conference who have it. Um, people who, people, it's, it's a thing that a lot of people who understand the, the negatives of fiat do. So what you want to do is understand money first. And there's properties of money and principles of money that have gone uh, that have, you know, unchanged for centuries, long before Bitcoin. Money has to be scarce, has to be acceptable, has to be divisible. You know, these are these are standard principles and properties. So if, we, if you understand that first, then you can start to compare and say, well, look at this thing that they have that they call money now. This is just something that's a scam. And if it was in any other situation, we would we would be much more clearly obvious a scam. But they fool us with their fancy marble offices that they pay for with worker wages and their fancy titles, you know, Fed chair and Treasury secretary and these kind of things that are designed to fool you and all of the, you know, parade of economists on CNN. But at the end of the day, it's just a scam. It's any five-year-old would love the power to have a magic wand and say, I want to make money from thin air. Well, that's exactly what these politicians want to do. They have the mentality and the narcissism of a five-year-old. And it's too tempting. And this is why the Fed keeps coming back again and again. It's too tempting to be able to print money from thin air without accountability. And the accountability is a really important thing. They don't have it, which means they can do all kinds of evil and horrible things. 
So it's really, really bad, and we've got to stop it. Yeah, head over to BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash shop. You can find exactly where the money comes from. It's the magic money tree, and it's all from the Fed. Um, yeah, so let's talk about New Hampshire now. We'll fast forward to specifically New Hampshire issues, because I know we have a lot of folks listening today joining us from New Hampshire. They want to hear specifically, all right, Bruce, what are you going to do differently than the other 11 Republicans who are running for office? Why is Bruce Fenton's approach going to be different, and, and how is it going to stand out in terms of actually making people's lives better? Well, I, you know, it's about being a disruptor. It's about who the right person is for this job at this time. We're in this epic change, a fourth turning. The whole world is changing. Systems are changing. Borders are changing. Money's changing. Who people trust change. You know, CNN and the New York Times are on the decline and Joe Rogan and TikTok are on the upswing. You know, the old IMF and the World Bank are on the decline and Bitcoin's on the upswing. The world is changing and it's and it's very, very, very shaky now. And we've got to understand that that these are epic times that we're in. So it's especially crucial to have an understanding of liberty and the principles. And we've, we've got to send the right person down at the right time. This is not 1996, and it's not 2019. This is a time you send a message. This is a time when the people of America and the people of New Hampshire say, oh, really? You're going to pull this on us? You're going to do this on us? Fine. We're going to send Bruce Fenton down there. We're going to send a message down. You're going to send me a leave me alone who's a disruptor. I'm not an order taker. I'm not a rubber stamp person. I'm a disruptor. I've been a disruptor my whole life. I'm a disruptor in Bitcoin. I've been a disruptor in my career. That's what I do. I cause trouble. I shake things up. I thrive on chaos. And that's exactly what we need. The other day for, for a demonstration in, in honor of the um, the filibuster, which Joe Biden wants to end, he doesn't want the power of one voice to be able to speak. I uh, did my own filibuster in Manchester, New Hampshire. I went and opened it to the public at the Even Hotel. I started at, I think it was 7 in the morning. I wanted to break the record set by Democrat Strom Thurmond, who spoke for 24 hours on mm -hmm. the Senate floor. I made it, uh, what did I make it, 33 hours, 18 minutes. So I beat Strom Thurmond's wow. by, by nine hours. I just did that for fun. That's the kind of thing I'll do every week if I have to, to stop this tyranny. I'm not messing around. I'm not down there to make friends. I'm not there to serve on boards with Pelosi. I'm not there to line up my next job for the private sector. I'm there to fight for liberty and freedom. I don't really even want to go down there. I have four beautiful children and a wonderful, beautiful home in New Hampshire. Last thing I need is to go down there and leave my career on, on hold to go down there. But I will if the people want me to and they send me down there. I'll go and I'll do exactly what I say I'll do, which is fight for liberty and fight for freedom and fight against tyranny with absolutely no compromise. See, that's exactly, I think, what the people from New Hampshire want to hear. And uh, let's talk about the issues that they're bringing up to you, because I know when I talk to, to candidates on the show, I always hear at least you know two, three issues that are consistently coming up as you're going out speaking to constituents face to face. So talk to us. What are some of those main issues right now you're hearing as you're speaking to uh, fellow members of New Hampshire? And, and what do you think are going to be some actual prescriptions you can bring to the uh, the table to help solve those? You know, the big thing that a lot of people, a lot of people are talking about their kids and CRT and schools and these kind of things, school choice. A lot of people are talking about inflation and economics. The uh, All the pollsters tell you that's the number one issue you got to talk about inflation i think it's a little deeper than that the inflation and the economic problems are caused by this broken money system and there's a bigger issue with that that in turn is related directly to this covid tyranny so to me the number one issue is tyranny it's the tyranny of a centralized control. It's the tyranny of the state. And it's the idea that people in fancy offices in Washington think they know better than us. And they think they can print money from thin air. And they think that they can regulate the temperature of the earth. 
We wouldn't even trust them to wa- to watch our dog. I asked a while ago if anybody would trust a federal department of dog watching. <laughs> Nobody would. We wouldn't trust them to do anything. And these people want to regulate the temperature of the earth, and they want to, they want to decide how much money there is, and they think they know what money is. Why on earth would Chuck Schumer know what money is any better than my brilliant Bitcoin friends? I mean, Bitcoiners are some of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And to be honest, a lot of the members of, of uh, the House and Senate are not some of the smartest people we've ever met in our life. So the idea that these people can tell us what, what money is, is is absurd. We don't need them to do it. The people can do it. So when we're t- you mentioned CRT, and we've seen this brought up a lot over the past, especially two years when parents all of a sudden got a complete snapshot into what their kids were actually learning in school. A lot of parents weren't happy about that. I've had uh, folks, Tiffany Justice from Moms for Liberty in the program, talking about parents across the United States rising up at their school boards and actually fighting back. Talk to me about what you t- are seeing in New Hampshire specifically from the education standpoint. Do you see school choice being something that's being more embraced in a state like New Hampshire? Yeah, I just tweeted about school choice today because I mentioned it at a meeting last night, and I support people like Corey DeAngelis and others who who, who support this. I think that it's especially a fit in, in, in New Hampshire. A, a lot of people do care about these issues. Uh, I was one of those people at school boards. I was mainly fighting the masks. I got uh, removed by police five times. I went to eight school board meetings. Um, I thought it was total tyranny, and I think it's it's a political signal, just like the the diversity, equity, inclusion positions and other things. It's a political signal, and it, in in our case, there were school board members who were going around in public without a mask. And I went to the meeting. I said, "That's that's a political signal. You're not doing it because of health. You're doing it to show that you're in the church of woke. You're a member of a church of woke in in an epic." To a, a time of uh, epic change like this, you have new religions. And we have this new religion. I call it the Church of Woke. It sounds funny, but it's not funny at all. Because what that religion is, and it is a religion, it has high priests and it has heretics and it has uh, an incessant dogma that that, it, that is an enemy of logic and it uh, forbids discussion and it has every other hallmark of a religion. And there are some religions that have been extre- extremely damaging in history, usually cults, usually state-driven religion. When you when you have a state that wants to get rid of family and conventional religions, Christians, Jews, Muslims, uh, Hindus, they don't want them. And, that, and this is exactly the model you see in communist China. They, they uh, take uh, Muslim Uyghurs and put them in uh, concentration camps because of their religion and harvest mm-hmm. their organs. They take uh, Christian churches and they take down the cross and put up a picture of President Xi because they want the state to be worshipped. What we see in the United States is this broad thing that I call the Church of Woke, and it includes CRT and ESG and destruction of the family and destruction of traditional faith and and values and morality. And it seeks to replace it with this uh, state-driven, statism, state worship uh, kind of system, which is very, very dangerous and and very broken. It's a broken ideology that doesn't have any place here. So, so I, I think that's a big issue, and I th- and and it's 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 bigger than anything we've faced in our lifetimes. This isn't a normal issue about schools or taxes or something like that. This is a very soul of our nation and what we really believe as Americans. Have you met our friend there, Lily Tang Williams, by chance? Yeah, she's yeah. great. Lily's awesome. She's a good friend of the show. Um, I know I gave her a shout out on Tim Pool's show uh, right there on her primary night. We got her over the hump for her fundraising. Uh, bonus or uh, deadline she had so that was pretty cool cool but lily will talk all day long about the horrors of mouse china yes and, and she experienced it firsthand yes and to see she's seeing the echoes of what she experienced back when she was in mouse china to today 
and then to try and give some warnings to people saying like this is something that you need to be aware about that raises a lot of red flags and a lot of folks aren't paying attention and you look at you mentioned this as well the ESG scores being mentioned and then the the next impending doom climate change of course uh, and we've seen over the past two years the lockdowns I'm gonna almost guarantee are gonna be used as precedents of why we need climate change lockdowns so how do we fight back against this this ESG globalist approach to controlling business, controlling action, and really it's it's I want to say it's fascism, but that's essentially what it is. It's government using private corporations and and using it through a a almost a subsidiary pseudo type of way to then dictate policy without actually having quote policy to refer back to. You're absolutely right. It's an exercise to uh, try and control business. ESG through the SEC and other means, they want to control everything. ESG is environmental, social, and governance. That's everything. That's how you use your electricity. They want to make judgments what software you run, whether you run this or that, and what they can make a judgment on anything, whether who your board members are, what color skin they have, all of these these horrible things, which in, enable incredible control, mm-hmm. incredible control by the government. And, th- and that is totally unacceptable and the and the way to recognize this we have to step back and recognize the times we are in because we are in such epic times these are not normal times the the playbook of everything we knew in our world went out the window in 2019 and that world is gone yep and it's never coming back so we have to recognize that these are epic times and this is real evil that we're facing. That's what we need to, we need to, we can't look at this as classic political issues and, and use classic political tools. We've got to look at this and say, this is actually evil. The types of ideas that are being exported from China are actually evil. They lead to real death and real destruction and real, uh, you know, destruction of the human spirit. Yeah. Well, and one thing that's, it's exciting to see in an event like this is that there's a thousand plus young folk who are awake, they're aware, and they're active. They're trying to fight back. They're mobilizing across the United States, much in states like New Hampshire, where you're seeing the success of organizations like Young Americans for Liberty make Liberty win, actually getting state and local legislators into office. And what does that do? That impacts real policies. And that's why, frankly, you're able to to have the success I'm sure you're having up in New Hampshire is because it's a more free state. It's why I got out of a state like Pennsylvania and specifically a city like Philadelphia and moved out to Indiana because it got really really bad over the past two years like you said 2019 the world before that is completely gone um and frankly it's been shocking to see how many people from 2019 they're gone too like they they the rationality the logic that i thought a lot of people had also it was blatantly obvious that people can really just completely abandon their rationality they can abandon their logic the moment that fear strikes in yes. um and the uncertainty that that fear brings as well and then deferring to this overarching government body to, to protect us to, to keep us from being harmed from another emergency so i know we're getting close to time here so i wanted to as we go towards the tail end of the conversation you know as you're looking and you're speaking to voters in new hampshire and, and obviously there's i'm sure lots we talked about today that this is the tip of the iceberg that they're bringing up what would be though the main takeaway that you want the voters from new hampshire to to not just take away from today's episode but specifically when they're they're looking down on that primary uh in september 12th 13th 13th i I knew it was ballpark there um so right there they have 11 choices for for the gop why bruce fenton should be top of the list yeah, it all comes back to liberty in our Constitution. You know, the founding fathers went through a lot of pain and a lot of bloodshed. 
they saw their friends killed. They saw uh, horrible things, and they saw the, po- the the power of tyranny, and they saw the drawbacks of central control, and they thought it through very, very carefully. We don't get people who sit in a room for 45, 50 days and solve problems anymore. I mean, the best you're going to do is an hour on a Zoom call. If they, if so, if, if, if politicians today were tasked with writing the Constitution, you'd have a whole <laughs> bunch of special interests. You'd have a few Zoom meetings. You'd have some, you know, Pelosi would do a, a, a press conference to make it look like she was working. Nobody would actually sit. These people haven't been, no, nobody's had a conversation more than an hour. You know, they, they don't they don't get in rooms and sit there and talk for nine, ten hours, let alone nine or ten days. But that's what the founders did. They actually thought through these issues and they thought about checks and balances and they thought about the proper role of government and the proper use of force and when violence is, is acceptable by, uh, you know, by the government. And they thought through these things in a moral way in the best that they could. And I think they did a great job. Today, we don't have that. We have willy-nilly nonsense, people going out there and ready, fire, aim, and doing things that are completely unworkable, like putting a scientist in charge of who can move where. <laughs> you know, that's just not a thing that works, and the founders would have would have never supported that. We've got to go back. We've got to recognize the magnitude of what's going on, and we must go back to those core values, and, and I'm the person to do that. So uh, that, that's what people should keep in mind, looking at, you know, where we are in the world, what the magnitude of what is happening. We're fighting real evil, and we need you know, real fighters and disruptors who are going to go in there and get our country back on track. Bruce, unfortunately, we're already hard pressed for time. This is this conversation could keep on going. But uh, here, what we want to do is make sure we can direct folks the right way so they can go ahead, learn more about your campaign, support the campaign. And also, if they want to go ahead and uh, invest some of their hard earned dollars or there is a Bitcoin into your campaign. Is that possible? For sure. We, I, I hope so. Of course, we absolutely accept Bitcoin. I put 85 of my own Bitcoin in there and uh, we, we welcome yours as well. Uh, BruceFenton.com, B-R-U-C-E-F-E-N-T-O-N. That's my official website. That's the only place to donate. You can donate uh, Filthy Fiat um, or your Bitcoin. Uh, and that's also my same handle for Twitter and YouTube and other things. I'm quite active. I really recommend people take a look at my videos. Uh, I don't have consultants or anybody telling me what to say. What you see is what you get. And if, if I'm the candidate for you, I'd appreciate your support. I appreciate your vote. Awesome. Well, folks, there you go. If, if you enjoyed today's episode, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Go ahead, give it a share. But also, specifically, if you are up in the free state, please go ahead, support Bruce's campaign. Make sure you share today's episode with friends and family who could hear the message. And uh, yes, please go ahead. If you have some Bitcoin, go ahead and spare some with Bruce. I'm sure he would greatly appreciate it. So with that being said, we do have a different type of week this week. Obviously, uh, I'm out with Revolution 2022, so we did not have an episode yesterday because I was flying all day. Uh, So what we're going to do is tomorrow, we're going to do a a live conversation around the vendors booth over at the dining hall, meet all sorts of different uh, vendors here at Young Americans for Liberty. And uh, of course, we're going to meet some pretty amazing people. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on the Brian Nichols Show live at Revolution 2022. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed.
If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program. And don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to The Brian Nichols Show at briannicholshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today.